Hello and welcome to Not Another NFL Podcast. I'm Alexander Wilson. This is my podcast. I love football. I like college bas- uh, college fo- football. I like college basketball. Love basketball. I'm a huge sports guy. Takes up a huge portion of my life. Heat intros. Let's just get into the podcast. So, topics that I'm going to be going over today. Uh, the main one came out yesterday. I'm currently recording this on a Friday. I think it's April 9th. 2020. Um, so yesterday, Thursday, the NFL announced that the Texans were trading um, for from the Rams wide receiver Brandon Cooks and a 2022 fourth round pick for their 2020 second round pick. So I don't like this move. I really don't like what the Texans and Rams are both trying to do currently because they're both organizations in big markets that have a lot of talent, but they're not doing the things that they need to do to get to a Super Bowl, and that's your main goal. If you don't get to a Super Bowl, I honestly, I believe most cases it is a failed season unless you have a really young roster uh, that's cheap and you can keep building up through the draft and paying free agents. If you have an expensive old roster, it's it's not working. Expensive roster doesn't have to be old. It's just not working. So I, I don't like what they're doing. So let's go with the Texans first. Let's start. They traded DeAndre Hopkins maybe three weeks ago, to the Arizona Cardinals. I hated this move. I know a lot of people are angry at Bill O'Brien. I get it in a sense that he was... I think he had some personal issues with Bill o- with, um, with DeAndre Hopkins. You know, Bill O'Brien and DeAndre Hopkins had something in between them. But in what scenario in the league has it ever happened where a top three wide receiver in a very good... like I don't think we've ever seen in the league at one time, maybe once before this many great wide receivers in their prime. You know, you got Julio, who's maybe on the edge of his, like, ending his prime. We got Julio Jones. We have, you know, Michael Thomas. We have Johnny Hopkins. Tons of great players, young stars that are rising up. So I think that DeAndre Hopkins is a top three wide receiver. You can make a case for number one. I don't think he is. But he's really good. He takes double coverage on the defense. He, you know, draws most of the defense to his center, so they're focusing on him. So you can, and especially when you have a mobile quarterback like uh, Deshaun Watson, you know, he can scramble when all the defense is pulled deep to Hopkins. You can run, you can do a QB run, you can pass, un- you know, short routes. So he does a lot for your offense. So when you trade him and get a injured running back that made the NFL All-Pro team in 2016, we are three and a half years removed from when he made that team. So, I really don't like the the thing. It took him three years, these past three seasons, to accumulate the same amount of yards that he got just in that one 2016 season, which tells me that he's produ- his production has declined and he's been injured a lot. So, you got David Johnson with injury problems and you get a second-round pick. I think you could have gotten David Johnson and two seconds or a second next year or a first from... Like a second from 2020 and a 2021 first, because you're taking on David Johnson as a really ugly contract. I think it's 18 million in the next two years. I think it's 10, 20, 2020, and 8 million in 2021. So you're paying him 9 million on average a year, and then you go sign Randall Cobb in free agency. Now he is a fringe number three, fringe number two, maybe number three receiver that's going to play a lot in the slot for an offense. I just don't. Like, it's not a bad signing, but they overpaid for him. They paid him $9 million a year. So, with that, let's just say, for the next two years, you are paying Randall Cobb and you are paying uh, David Johnson each $9 million on average a year. So, that's $18 million. Now, 
it came out that Bill O'Brien traded DeAndre Hopkins because he wanted more money. He probably wanted that, you know, $20 million, $19 million that Julio and Michael Thomas are getting, which is understandable. He probably deserves that. Well, that's the amount of money that they've paid for uh, David Johnson and Randall Cobb. Now, Randall Cobb will not nearly recreate the amount of production that DeAndre Hopkins created for the offense. He does so much. He pulls defenders so you can go underneath or you can, you know, he takes one side of the field. He takes the best corner and a safety. He's a great player. Uh, you know, he's not one-dimensional. One he can do so much. He's not a speed guy, but he's not slow either. So I really, he is a great, he's a great talent. And you got a young quarterback who relies on him. So when you trade him, Randall Cobb's not going to recreate that production. Um, and David Johnson's an injury-prone running back. David Johnson was on the Cardinals for the last three years, has done almost nothing. I don't think, like, he's just, I don't think that he can recreate the same production that he did four years ago. Uh, and I know that Bill O'Brien thinks that he can recreate that season, but, I mean, it's ugly contract. I don't think he can because four years ago, that's a lot of time for a player. Think about when a player is drafted to when, you know, they enter free agency. That's a long time. Like, your team, you drafted someone last year, you have to wait another three years for them to hit that point, maybe four. So, you know, when you... Four years is a long time. I don't think they they can recreate the same production that David Johnson had. So, you're paying the same amount of money for David Johnson and Randall Cobb than you probably would have paid for DeAndre Hopkins. But Hopkins would have had a contract extension because he still had two or three years on his deal. Where And Hopkins was going to have way more production than... Johnson and Cobb, unless they both go back to like five years ago when they're superstars. So I think that it wasn't a good move. And then the Texans, you know, they have some other wide receivers. They have Kenny Steeles and they have Will Fuller. Kenny Steeles missed three games injury last season. Will Fuller gets injured every season. So they're collecting a team of players that are skill like skillful. But they get injured, injured a lot. Randall Cobb was cut by the Packers because of injuries. So Cobb's injury prone. Brandon Cooks is injury prone. Will Fuller's injury prone. Prone. Kenny Steele's missed, you know, three games, four games last season. Injury. David Johnson, you know, he's had like a lot of injuries. Sean Watson, I think, tore his ACL in, in his rookie season. So you got a lot of injuries on that offense. Now you have a lot of good number two or number three receivers on your team. And maybe together they'll create a little more production than Hopkins. But that's just one player compared to four salaries that you're now paying. They added probably, when you add Brandon Cooks, who's getting a bunch of money, David Johnson, who's getting a lot of money, and then you add Randall Cobb, who's getting a lot of money, that's more money than you would have paid for Hopkins. And I think that probably would have gotten you equal talent. And then you have to remember, Hopkins probably would have been a contract extension, not a new contract starting that day. So I think that um, for the Texans, it was a really bad move because you're paying the same amount or more. You're paying more for the same production, maybe a little more, but it doesn't even out. It's not... Um, I just don't like the move because you have talent, but you're heading in the wrong direction. Uh, ask yourself this. Do you really think the Texans can make a Super Bowl push? Right now, this season. Because unless you think that it's a wasted season, because they have a lot of injury-prone guys. Now, Deshaun Watson's great. He, at least from what I 
you know, I, it seems that he doesn't want to be there. At least that's what I see. So, he doesn't want to be there. He's young, but you got a bunch of injury-prone guys. you got an expensive roster, that, or at least it's going to become very expensive with Watson uh, very soon. I just don't like the move. Um, and same for the Rams. The Rams, at least they're acquiring draft capital. But when they traded for Jalen Ramsey uh, midseason, they gave up their next two first-round picks. They are cap-strapped. Now, they got rid of Cooks. That does free up salary. But... Because you waited until uh, April uh, 8th to trade him, you had to give him an extra $4 million. I think it's a $21 million cap hit on the Rams, which is horrible. That's For one wide receiver, that's why you don't overpay early. So, I don't like the move. Yes, you're acquiring draft capital, which you don't have currently, but... I mean, they're so cap-strapped, you need to build through the draft, which they don't have first-round picks the next two years. Um, so they have two, they have an, an extra first-round pick, but, you know, you're not, they're not a Super Bowl contender, at least, I don't think, especially because Gurley was really what carried that team to the Super Bowl. Now, he got injured, and they, truthfully, they got really lucky with that, you know, helmet-to-helmet, no-call. I'm not going to get into that, that's history. Uh you know, it's a year ago, but I still think that, you know, they kind of got lucky in that playoff run, and now you don't have Gurley, who is the main work for, workhorse for that uh, that team, and I don't think that they're a Super Bowl contender. So, I, I don't like the direction that both teams are going, especially because the Rams, they're so cap-strapped right now, they can't really trade for anyone. You have to build through the draft, and by the time you do that, you know, it usually takes like one or two years for the players to really develop after they're drafted, like two or three, until they become stars or superstars that really help to contribute to wins. It's very rare that you see it right off the bat unless it's a quarterback. They already have the quarterback, so that's not going to happen. So I don't think that they're a Super Bowl contender, and they probably won't be for minimum two years, unless there's some huge change in the organization, in the roster, or the NFC itself. Now, uh, my next topic is kind of related to the Rams and maybe the Texans here. Um, this, the you know, as we all know, or at least most of you know, the NFL CBA for 2020, uh, for 11 years, I think it's through 2030, um, has you know made the rule. There's a new rule that the players voted for, uh, which won the majority, or sorry, which won um, more than 50% of players voted for it, where there are seven playoff teams that they're implement if there's a season this year. They're implementing that in the 2020 season. Seven playoff seeds per conference. So I think that the Rams in the... The, the NFC is a stacked, stacked conference. Like, you know, in the 2000s, it was mainly the AFC. You have, you have the Colts, the Patriots, the Steelers, the Broncos are pretty good. Chiefs had some flashy years. You know, you had some good teams, the Ravens. So it was mainly the AFC. NFC in the 2010s, you know, you Aaron Rodgers. Did you guys know that Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have made it to three of the last six um, NFC um, uh, the championships? That sounds weird to me because they had two losing seasons, but they've made it to two of the or to three of the last six, but they haven't made a Super Bowl. So uh, I'll get into the Packers in a later podcast, but um, there's a kind of cool side note there. But anyway, I thought that. You know, this rule is really going to help out with the NFC because it kind of seems unfair that some teams in the NFC 
don't make the playoffs. Like the Cowboys were eight and eight. There's a lot of other good teams. Like the Rams were nine and seven. They didn't make it. The Bears, I think, were nine and seven or eight and eight. They didn't make the playoffs. So the Rams, I think, have a chance, especially now with the seven seed, to make the playoffs uh, in 2020. And I think it's going to be really interesting in the AFC. My dark horse, I'm giving it away right now. I was going to wait until close to the season starts. I can't hold it. I've been saying this all off season. I think the Denver Broncos are going to be really good. I'm a huge fan of Drew Locke. I think he's performed amazing in those five six games that he came, he won like five. He went five and one or something, five and two in those last games. He played really well. I really like how they're building. The Melvin Gordon signing was a little interesting. I don't know about that. Um, it'll help their roster. I don't think they needed it, but I think that the seventh seed rule really benefits the Broncos because I think that they are a real, not Super Bowl contender, but a real, like, threatening... They could make a deep run in the playoffs. I could see them going to the AFC Championship. Literally, uh, like, I'm being honest. Uh, and the next, the other rule that the CBA approved was that'll be implemented in 2021. There will be 17 games per season. So, 18-week football, because you know you have a bye. So, I was trying to work it out in my head, and I don't, I don't think they have a plan yet, or at least they haven't announced it to the public. How is that going to work? Because if you didn't know, the schedules are based, they, they work like this. So uh, let's say I'm the Bills, I'm in the AFC East, that's the team. Um, you play all of the three teams in your division twice, one home game, one away, two times, at the, uh, one, one, two times I'll play the Patriots, one uh, in Buffalo and one in New England, same with Jets, same with Miami. Then you play one um, uh, one division in your conference. So the Bills would play this year the AFC West. So the AFC West teams will play the AFC East teams. That's how it works. In, uh, and the Bills will play a conference from the NFC. And I think that year, that is this, this year, if I'm not mistaken, that is the NFC West. So the AFC East will play the NFC West and same as, so and vice versa. So, you know, um, so that's how the schedule works, and then you have so that's a six games for your division, uh, four games from an, uh, from one division in the AFC, four divisions from four four games from one division in the NFC. So we have um, fourteen games there, and then the other two games work on how you f- where you finish in the year. So let's say you're the second seed uh, in the playoffs, you will play the first seed and the third seed from the previous year. So you're the second seed in 2019. So the Chiefs should playing the Chiefs will play the Ravens and the Patriots. Although they are already slated to play the Patriots because of how the division games work, so they play the fourth seed. So that might seem a bit confusing. That's how the divisions and the schedule actually works. So um, I was wondering how is the 17th game going to work? Uh, I know I was interesting uh, interested in that because I thought that that's really different, an extra game. Uh, it seems weird that a team will finish twelve and five. Like I always thought, like you know, twelve and four is really good. You win seventy five percent of their games, but twelve and five, you can't like like the math of that just doesn't seem right to me. It's like that's less than seventy five percent, but it it's just it, I grew up on knowing twelve and five means you are a legitimate contender. Eleven five maybe, but twelve sorry twelve and four you are a legitimate contender, and it just sound, seems weird to me that like all the numbers are changing. Like you can go zero and seventeen. That that's just doesn't feel right. Like five and eleven sounds right. Five and twelve, six and eleven, seven and uh, ten. 
Like, you can't have an 8-8 eight eight season. You're either 8-9 eight or 9-8. So, I just thought it was interesting how that works. Um, but anyway, this was my first Not Another NFL Podcast. Um, hope you liked it. Uh, and yeah, I uh, hope you're back for my next podcast. Honestly, I don't know when that will be. I'm going to try to um, post new podcasts as frequently as I can, probably multiple times a week. Um, just how I feel. I want to just see how this works in the beginning. I don't want to make it a job or anything. But uh, we have a bunch of free time now because of this whole um, thing that's happening globally. So I hope you enjoyed, and I hope you tune in next time.